0: The third one is fun. I think I'm a fun friend. I always try to make my friends laugh and stuff like that and do fun activities. You know, we go boat cinema, rooftop cinema. Damn, it seems like all I do is go to the cinema. Am I fun? Do you remember what it was like to be enchanted by the promise of the cinema? To be delighted? by the wonder of the moving image. Many of us have forgotten because we've been enslaved by the television set and punished by franchises, superheroes, intellectual property. But today, we're striking back against that most insidious of artistic declines and talking about our... Wow! Uh, please silence your <laughs> cell phone in the. Uh, yeah, um, we're talking about winter movies for adults. Slate,
1: two thousand twenty-two. Yes, actually, it's winter or fall, depending on what release date you're caring most Award about.
0: Awards season, people call it mm-hmm. the, the kickoff to that. Mm-hmm. Part one. Yeah. Of two that will probably eventually come.
1: Yeah, I would say probably in the the end of the winter, uh, th- of this winter that's about to happen. So we're talking early 2023.
0: We've got our microphones. We've got our opinions. Yeah. We've got a joint.
1: Yeah, yeah. Dr. Movie's about to light it up. Just a little. He looks like Elon Musk on Joe Rogan.
0: That's right. If you, if you were watching a uh, live stream of this, you'd see me <laughs> squinting. Sort of quizzically as I... you
1: like, oh, wow.
0: Wow, man. Apes can like... They're like basically humans. So, we're just going to puff on a little bit of that. While Mm -hmm. we discuss... Four movies that we jointly saw. Let's take them in order. Starting with... Don't Worry Darling.
1: This was a really... Well-anticipated for us.
0: Oh, boy. Don't Worry Darling.
1: Mm.
0: Ooh, I'm worried, darling.
1: I... What was the crowd like in the theater when we saw it?
0: The crowd was ready for it, I would say. They were anticipatory. They were like, can we get this movie in our eyeballs? And
1: I would love to ask you, what happened to the crowd as we were watching it?
0: Turned on the film.
1: Turned. Turned
0: on the film. I mean, by now, you know, we won't linger on this too much because the discourse over Don't Worry Darling is, you know, done to death. What a promotional beginning and what a downfall.
1: Mm.
0: But uh the film is trash. Yeah. By every conceivable metric. It is yeah. edited poorly. Mm-hmm. It is shot, I guess shot okay. Written poorly. Uh written terribly. Yeah. Uh let's look really quick at the other movies that the principal writers of Don't Worry Darling were responsible for, shall we?
1: Shane Van Dyke. Oh, The Silence, oh Chernobyl Diaries, oh Titanic 2. Mm. Yeah, you know they this come is good. Knocking-
0: Paranormal Entity, Battle Dogs, and transmorphers. transmorphers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we got someone who's writing the those ripoff movies that are meant to make you think that it's a movie that you want to watch.
0: So folks, this can happen in Hollywood if you're not familiar, is that you spend your life sort of like writing dreck. Yes. Um, and then you have a script. Maybe you've always wanted to get it done. Uh, you're not a very talented writer, mm. but someone sees it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that person is Olivia Wilde. Maybe you got on the blacklist or something. Somehow your script got a little hype.
1: What, what, what is the blacklist? Can you tell us?
0: Oh, my God. All right. The blacklist was this thing that was started by some guy. Who cares?
1: Yeah. And essentially guy. what
0: it is is a place where screenplays can be sort of shared amongst Uh, producers and other screenwriters and various uh, Hollywood uh, people in the know. Yep, And they... People in the biz. Yeah, they sort of um, rate them and and generates buzz Mm -hmm. um, around these screenplays and sometimes these screenplays get optioned by studios or various people and bought Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to be produced. And
1: And this was something that was on there.
0: And this was something that was on there. And by the way, The Blacklist has a pretty dismal track record of producing hits Mm. um there will be some films you've heard of uh that have come from it but um not many good ones as it turns out yeah so uh jury is out on sort of whether it's a very good resource you have to pay for it Mm. uh and there are like tiers Mm -hmm. where you you know get your script pushed and stuff it's it's you know Mm -hmm. kind of like a casting director workshop if you're familiar with familiar with the acting world it's kind of like a pay-to-play type Mm -hmm. system where it's like well should i be doing this i don't know is this ethical i don't know is this really but you know the entertainment business is a hard business and um even for people as well connected as olivia wilde because boy did she make a stinker folks
1: yeah it's just it's just not a good movie i mean i think that i really wanted to be charitable towards it as it kind of kicked off um yeah but i wanted to like it the trailer was great pretty quickly doesn't have the chops. Um, If I'm gonna say something nice about it, which I would like to say, I thought that the costuming was beautiful uh, and Florence Pugh looks fantastic for the entire movie. Mm -hmm. I love what they've done with her. Uh, However, looking at Florence Pugh having cute hair and wearing an adorable dress is not enough to make this movie worth it.
0: You said some good things. I'm gonna say some bad things Mm -hmm. uh, in a line. Script, terrible. Uh, Florence Pugh does not investigate her situation at any point. She just kind of has weird things happen to her. The weirdness of those things doesn't even escalate in intensity. It just kind of happens until eventually she realizes she's in a simulation. Oh, my God, an incel simulation.
1: There's lots Um, of loose ends.
0: Harry Styles eats her out. Like uh, twice? Like twice, even though why would that happen in the incel simulation? Um, Harry Styles is a bad actor. Uh the soundtrack of the movie is like a hundred not exaggerating, basically a hundred different fifties sort of swing songs. Correct. Um no one's motivation makes any sense. Chris Pine's character gets stabs at the stabbed by his sort of like concubine at the end because of feminism, I guess. Even yeah. though that doesn't says, really make sense. She sure, says, "Now it's my turn." Sure, now it's my turn to do the mid-century do modern what? patriarchy, <laughs> but from exactly? the women's perspective, which is probably what Olivia Wilde would do if she was president.
1: Yes, probably.
0: Uh, it is a dumb film mm-hmm. made by people who didn't think it through
1: correct yeah there was not a lot of yeah it there's just a lot of dangling things going on in it in a way that's very distracting and not satisfying um and it's not worth it it's you know and don't even see it because like
0: oh it's bad i
1: think that it's very telling that we saw this movie maybe i think the week that it came out and we haven't Mm -hmm. talked about it till now because there's just not enough to say about it aside from like it's bad in, like, a highly produced kind of way, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, the discourse has been done to death yes. on it.
0: It's it, You know, honestly, I think that the, the people who should be watching it are students of film who want to understand why a project that has all the sort of marketing and power behind it you could possibly want to a certain extent can just fall apart mm. because people aren't fleshing out their concepts you know um and and sort of the way it was marketed as this sort of like feminist film which I suppose it is obliquely um and this idea that like you know
1: oh yeah I mean like hold hold on it's definitely feminist they have Florence Pugh shout I love working at some point (laughs) that's how you know because because women that's right
0: yeah she's a surgeon in their non-simulation world and she's miserable
1: She's minimal, but she loves working. It's like, all right, we didn't have to say it like that, but okay. It's Girl just power.
0: It, it. It's a movie written by someone who is addicted to Twitter.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. and not even
0: the fun Twitter. Yeah, the, the you know,
1: just the Twitter that nags on you. The Lecture neo-lib Twitter. Twitter. It's yes. really
0: a dismal failure of a film. Yeah, um, and it makes me question the talent of everyone involved except for Florence Pugh and Chris Pine.
1: Yeah, they, they they will endure. Of course, they will. Um, so you know. Also,
0: she wrote the two POC characters out of the film. Oops. And then.
1: Oops. I just want to say a little bit. Actually, okay. I'm not quite done. The Doctor, Who is is going on. I'm get,
0: I just it got me heated at the time, and I, apparently, yeah. I'm still heated now. Yeah, he's we, and, up. and it has been said, but I'd like to say it on this podcast. I'd yeah. like to get it on record that it's annoying yeah. that Olivia Wilde used Shia LaBeouf's abusive behavior that she condoned on the set of Don't Worry Darling Speak to market to the film at, and and bu- beef up its feminist bona fides. It is mm-hmm. unethical what mm-hmm. she did to, yes. to pretend that she did not enable his behavior, which she did. And I think it is indicative of what I, I think to sum up everything we've been saying against this film is you cannot decide that you have good politics Mm -hmm. and then make a movie based around those things and do nothing else and not think them through. And this is, and this is not me saying that movies are too woke now. It's not me saying that at all. What I'm saying is you can't have vaguely left wing, vaguely feminist politics, build and market a movie around it and not make a good movie.
1: You you can't fake your way into a good movie.
0: You cannot fake your way into a good movie with... you know, weird, nebulous progressivism. You can't do it.
1: I mean, it's it's the same kind of made up shit as you know. I hate to you know say her name, but like when J.K. Rowling was saying, "Oh yeah, and Dumbledore was gay mm-hmm. all along." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I definitely did write Hermione as black the whole time. It's like you can't you can't go you can't yeah. say and like that. It's just not true. I mean, there was like a, a little micro version of this for um, Halloween Ends, which was made mm. before. Uh, you know, BLM of 2020, but like during the actual promotional tour, like Jamie Lee Curtis kept talking about how they were kind of doing a commentary about like BLM mm-hmm. sort of stuff. It's like, no, it's about trauma. It's about trauma. Pick like, the no. discourse
0: <laughs> word of the year Yeah. and market the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter whether your movie bears any relationship to those themes or not. You're going to do it. And,
1: but guess what?
0: the returns people are, are diminished. people
1: are, are are they're gonna call you out on it you they're can't gonna get call away you out with it. It. and now
0: the problem is it gets obfuscated by the dipshit ben shapiro's mm-hmm. and you know alt-right influencers of the world and just right wing whatever who are just like oh this movie is woke this movie is doing wokeness this movie is a forced diversity but blah, 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 blah. it's like no none of those complaints are valid shut the fuck up yeah what is valid and what this podcast is trying to draw the distinction of, on is you can't do wokeness and nothing
1: else. Yeah, there's not done enough.
0: Because there is such a thing as performative wokeness.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Make your movie as woke as you can. I love that. I'm This is a leftist podcast. Yes. We're on fucking record. <laughs> this is a revolutionary leftist film podcast. But you have to put Shit the like fucking this work in.
1: Stops the revolution.
0: Because you are enslaved by the spectacle. Mm-hmm. You are hypnotized
1: enslaved by spectacle and uh, that is going to be a really
0: the need movie. that your own egos need to use your artistic work to show yourself as somehow a morally progressive person is poisoning your film yes you have it's to start with the goddamn bones of it character story theme all of it has to be in harmony yes we've said enough about and then worry, you darling.
1: can start doing your message but you have to wait please god Just
0: makes me sick
1: yeah clearly i mean i honestly think didn't think that you were going to get this this fired up about don't worry darling it was kind of a last minute inclusion for us to even talk about it but i'm glad that you got to you know give olivia a piece of your mind
0: thank you so much
1: next next up um, I think next up we'll do Triangle of Sadness. Um, nice. uh, so we saw this separately, but, mm-hmm. we, but we both saw it. Um, I'm a big fan of, I'm going to say his, his name wrong, and that's fine, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Ostland's, uh other movie, The Square. Oh, um, I have not
0: seen that, but I have seen Force Majeure.
1: Wonderful. We're coming at it mm-hmm. from too slightly diff. I like yeah. it. Um, so The Square I thought was excellent. I, I, I really... I loved Triangle of Sadness. I thought that it was really, really good. Um, I did, too. eh, eh, There are things that I would change about it. um, It's a little long. Yeah, it was mostly like I felt like the kind of once they got to spoiler uh, to the island part of it, that Mm -hmm. it was kind of I felt like they could have kind of cut some things and I still would have reached the same Emotional endpoint. Um, you know,
0: I, it's interesting. My girlfriend said that uh, if she was going to cut something, she would cut the middle. It's interesting. You would want to cut the end, yeah, more than the middle. The um, the
1: middle being like all the stuff with like Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All that
0: stuff. No, um, I liked that. So the movie is essentially broken into three acts, we should say. The first of which is a date between two models, mm-hmm. a male model and a female model and mm-hmm. they're sort of bickering over who's going to pay the check. And they're excellent. It's a great, it's a great. It's kind of the and it's a short first act, but that's what it is. Yeah. Um There's lots the of commentary second, about
1: gender roles. Yes, a lot really of commentary about
0: gender roles. And I think and that
1: this is actually money. a great counterpoint to Don't Worry Darling and that like this definitely has like woke messages in it, but it yes. has the other, it's actually a movie and then it uses that to further rather than it is yes. the basis.
0: I, it is a left leaning movie. Uh, I will say it is more. I think this is my take of an a movie than a left leaning movie. And I'll s- tell you why, because I think that the thesis of the film is essentially that your political commitment are meaningless in the face of the harsh reality of being human, which is your self-interest. Like everyone is the same under certain conditions. in the sense of at the very end of the movie, we have the sort of migrant worker, Filipino, something, East Asian, cleaning lady of the yacht who due to her you know ability to procure fish and start a fire on this island that they're shipwrecked on becomes the sort of leader of them and what does she do instead of sort of distributing resources fairly in the sort of like uh, socialist vision or whatever she exploits them immediately sexually and materially Mm -hmm. Um, and when this position is threatened she turns to murder Mm -hmm. movie over um, and I sort of think that the, the the thesis of it is you know further reinforced by Woody Harrelson talking about socialism sort of uh, inertly sort of ineptly he has to reference it on his phone he doesn't really know much about the theory he espouses he's sort of like not connected to it in any real way he says he's like not a proletarian he's mm-hmm. like wrapped up in the business of the ship and being its captain uh, despite the fact that he's disillusioned by it but i sort of think the thesis of the film is like regardless of what your political commitments are your material reality determines how you behave Mm. um so you can say you're a socialist all you want you wouldn't be on the island uh were you to be shipwrecked there um And it sort of reminded me of another, I've talked a long time, I'm almost done, but it sort of reminded me of another film uh, by Yorgos Lanthimos, um, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, which the thesis of which is sort of, as I see it, is that all human relationships are transactional, Mm. um, which is a sort of very cynical film. And I think that Triangle of Sadness is a very cynical film. Mm. Um, And as entertained as I was by it, I don't know that I can go I can be as fully cynical as it is. Mm. Um, That being said, I was very much entertained by it.
1: Were you laughing in the theater?
0: I was, yeah, at multiple parts. Uh, uh, The part I laughed most at was when they're all rolling around in shit that's spewing out of the toilets. Um, Yeah,
1: that killed in my theater, too. People loved it.
0: I also laughed a lot at when the migrant worker, like, sexually exploits the male model. I thought that was just a fucking laugh, riot. Like, You're, all that stuff was good. You heard it here, folks.
1: Good. Dr. Movies is cool yeah, with that sort of I stuff. Am,
0: I do think it's funny for men to be uh, 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 <laughs> extorted.
1: I was going to say, I'm like, we're going to leave it in, but ultimately Dr. Movies is the one who edits these, so he can mm-hmm. self-censor or not. That's right. I mean, I think that I... Like, y- yes, I agree that it's a very it's super cynical, but I think like I was really impressed by it. less like, and I, I guess, I, I suppose I don't mean woke as in like politically liberal, uh, sure. th- to be clear. Like, that's not kind of what I mean by, by woke, but you know, in the, in the first act um, you have, you know, the male model and the, and, and the lady model, female model, just mm-hmm. the regular model. I guess we don't use a modifier for model. When sure. it's women, like we do with nurse as well, because um, modeling is for girls, um, mm-hmm. and they talk about that a bit. They're like, you know, you're getting paid less than the women, whatever. Um, but a
0: few industries where that in a that few, would be yes. true. Yeah.
1: yeah, a few th- that would be true. And but you know, just in particular this, and they're kind of they're arguing about money, who's going to pay the bill. Uh, they kind of get to the the male model, who's I think his name is Carl, so I'm going to call mm-hmm. him Carl. Um, is you know basically saying like I I don't want a kind of like traditional like gendered relationship like I think that you're kind of thinking of it in, in that like we need to like evenly split whatever or like it's it's my job to pay because I'm the man and she's you know I don't find talking about money very sexy so let's mm-hmm. not talk about it right and he's just saying like I that's not what I want I want us to be partners I want to experience kind of like what that is like mm-hmm. and then by the end of their conversation he kind of tracks back and he he just doesn't want her to break up with him um and so he's just like whatever like it it's fine so he kind of put it aside and then you know when they get onto the boat there's more of like the gender role stuff going on like he feels like he needs to be defensive uh against this you know this male worker on the boat um because he might be a sexual competition for his girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, and then by the time you get to the island, like yes, we have, um, you know, the the kind of re- like a, a complete reversal of of, of the class order, um, yes, where we have you know our migrant worker now at the at the top, a um, female, a female migrant a, a worker, female migrant worker. Mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so and then they she begins to sexually exploit him, and it's almost. I almost feel like it's like Oslin saying, it's like, well, like did, did did you get what you wanted when you said you like didn't want to be in that traditional, for, I'll show you something that's not kind of aligning to that. And also, it's it's pretty bad, and you can see why this isn't so positive, because in the beginning, he does, you know, kind of accuse her of taking advantage of him, which she for sure is, and mm-hmm. being manipulative. But then it is kind of showing the flip side of like, well now you're indebted, and now there's also, like, a social contagion. There's, a, there's yes. a social issue with it, and, like, you now carry a stigma because of the the arrangement that you're in, which is basically purely due to the reality of trying to survive. So it's right. kind of like a a micro version flipped upside down of society. Like, that's clearly what, yes, what he's doing. It absolutely is. That's 100% what's going on there, but I think that, like, I was less interested by kind of, like, uh like the overarching political stuff going on is more as like what was happening for the characters and yes. and kind of like in a in a more zoomed in way i guess
0: yeah i think because i i, I think that that is sort of the thing where uh, that he's saying with that is like politics fall away at the level of human power dynamics
1: Yes, part,
0: and that that's influenced by money and that's influenced by mm-hmm. gender. But like, mm-hmm. let's you know, let's say that you were in a place where, you know, the role of money was reduced. Then mm-hmm. it would be gender. Yeah. But then it would be you know. So and like I think what you know, not said, for
1: nothing. It's like there, it is in an exact mirror of the the class setup on the on the yacht. So it's like I think there's mm-hmm. an argument made of like, okay, but if that's not the foundation that they were coming from, maybe it would have ended up different if there are aren't. If there wasn't already the expectation of exploitation, if there wasn't the expectation or just general kind of, this is this is where we're starting from, where I'm, a, I'm in charge, I'm on top, now I get to decide for each person based on your value to me and what I think you're worth, what's going to happen to you.
0: Very astute observation. Thank you. The expectation informing the, the reversal. Uh, that's great. I love that.
1: We love Triangle of Sadness. We love
0: Triangle of Sadness. It Um, was great.
1: It definitely, I I felt it was too long. Um, Some of the island stuff could have gotten cut out for me. I see how some of the middle stuff also could have gone. It was a little
0: redundant. Like the point was made over and over.
1: And also not all of, uh, spoiler, not all of the characters that we get introduced to in the middle part actually see us through to the end. And Mm -hmm. so I guess in some places it could feel like, did I just waste my time? Well, some of them have
0: to die. So, I mean, some of (laughs) them...
1: It is is very satisfying in that way. And just like, okay, like, you're going for it. But, you know, same kind of like, all right, like, do we need to spend all this time? But overall, Triangle of Sadness, I'm giving it two thumbs up.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Two big thumbs up from this podcast. Yeah. Well, let's move... I think it brings us to Tar. Tar. Yeah, Another satire, but not quite as broad as mm. Triangle of Sadness, but it is broad in places, which I think subverts the expectations of, well, that it's that the movie itself sets up for you. Mm. Because the movie, uh, we could just start with how it starts, starts with like a fucking five minute long sequence of the credits mm-hmm. done in reverse order. Um, which Gives you the impression that it is going to be like a very serious intellectual exercise. Mm. Uh, And it sort of is, but it's also a lot of silly fun, Mm -hmm. in my opinion.
1: I I think, yes, like the silly fun, but I think that it's done... I think that the movie has a whole lot of feelings about pretense and art versus artifice Mm -hmm. and and things like things of that nature. And I think that even it's like a a self-conscious in a positive way, a self-conscious choice to have the credits play out in such a way where it's like it's so self-aware and it's so that it's like and then is that sort of thing that the movie is also saying you suck if you are like this, but Mm -hmm. like the only but there's no kind of other way through for it to get there.
0: I agree. That being said, I think the movie is also careful to say that, look, at least on the level of craft, because look, this guy's a filmmaker, Todd Field. He works really hard on his goddamn movies. He can't, you know, I'm sure he is a huge snob about them Mm. to a certain extent, as any filmmaker should be who wants to make a movie about this. And if you've ever, if you've read the epigraph to um, the screenplay, he's like, you know, if you're stupid enough to buy this movie, which will make no money for you, you know, it's going to take... It's a 90-page script, but it's going to take two and a half hours because that's what's going to take to do this right. You know, so like <laughs> he has his own pretensions. Yeah, sure. Um, it's where you know it's the line between like craft and in, true love and investment in your craft mm. and investment in the sort of status and material wealth and ego that comes in pursuing it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know the scene that goes around Twitter a lot, the Juilliard scene. Mm-hmm. Lily Attar is right.
1: She's right. She she's not say saying it. pretty
0: much anything wrong. Yeah. In her Juilliard masterclass. Mm-hmm. But her need to sort of be a showboat. To showboat. In to a lot showboat of ways. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's taking place in Juilliard at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this need to there's sort like, of. There's
1: like, there's, she has like very theatrical blocking around mm-hmm. her space herself. Like she's traveling for the most effect. And they're like, there's a very like, Put onness about it that it's like, okay, but the movie does kind of treat it as a hand in hand almost. If you're right. going to be successful, this is what is going to happen to you.
0: Yes. In terms of the content of the lecture, she's sort of like laying the smack down on these sort of like overly woke Juilliard students who, you yeah. know, like don't want to listen to Bach because he was like a, was a, a white, white asshole, guy. cis white guy, and, and various things. And she's sort of leading them through it and is like you're fucking morons (laughs) like these these composers like you have to take them out of their. like yes they're informed by these things but then also you know they're foundational in all these ways and she's totally right but where she goes a little wrong i think is where you know she's like oh do you you know did you see this or that and the students are like they, they have no reverence for the sort of like Class trappings Mm. of everything she's talking about. So I think a lot of her like investment in the importance of these composers or whatever like has like sort of nothing to do with the music. It has more to do with their sort of class position and their status within music
1: tradition, Mm -hmm. sort of thing. Yeah.
0: And her students don't give a shit about that, Mm -hmm. rightly, to a certain extent. And Mm -hmm. she can't sort of handle it. Um, And so I think she is right to sort of like hit them. Hit them over the head about like, but you know, she, she don't does, cancel these guys. She but does also- kind of get
1: into like personal attack zone yes. once it's clear that her approach of you know appealing to tradition, appealing to the, the class trappings mm-hmm. of all this this stuff that that's not getting through. Mm-hmm. She and but even she goes on sort of a personal attack. The thing is, yet again, everything that she's saying is right. It's true. Where she you know she references uh i mean we were doing this recording in papua new guinea or something like that and it's like okay so like this woman who we recorded like you know she she definitely checks the boxes of someone that you would want to listen to as someone that you relate to you know mm-hmm. like she's like it, it goes like kind of down down d- down the road in mm-hmm. terms of like identity markers right and she's like but do you understand anything about her life? Is that something right. that's relevant to you at all? Like, even though it doesn't, you know, she's not a cis white guy, like, you have as much in common with her as you do with Bach.
0: Right. And
1: so there's there's still that kind of, like, removed aspect to it. But mm-hmm. she makes it so personal towards this student yes. that, like, even as the scene was going on and, like, okay, like, this is going to be part of part of the the downfall or like the what, mm-hmm. what what becomes of in the in a very loose sense the plot
0: right um well and the her real crime isn't even her sort of snobbery and attachment to these you know sort of social signifiers but her sort of sexual exploitation yeah I was of, like, there is a real crime uh, here <laughs> the girls yeah. that are you know come through her program um and you know grooming she's grooming. a groomer she's a groomer um and
1: i did okay we have seen brief pause just to talk about twitter really really quick uh-huh the twitter takes on tar have been fucking abysmal um some of the
0: worst takes out there folks some
1: of the worst takes out there like you know it's that it, it it's kind of uh you're releasing propaganda to release a movie where it's like uh like a lesbian sexual abuser who's like abusing her position it's like it's so not about that i it's really not i cannot wrap my head around it um
0: you know there's been some weird takes well like tar doesn't really work for me because i don't believe a woman would do the things that she does just think that it's kind of that's kind of a bad argument because like yeah well i agree that a woman would probably be less likely to do the things that she does like if you're saying that you don't believe a woman would sexually assault or like not, she doesn't ever really sexually assault anyone, but that would sexually groom, you know, mm-hmm. sort of to take abuse advantage. power dynamics, yeah. then I feel like you also have to say that you don't think a woman could be a genius composer. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like yeah. conductor, because like those things happen equally as rarely Probably for the same reason, which is simply that women are not given access to power. Mm-hmm. So therefore, women have less opportunity to be great with their power mm-hmm. as they do to be evil with it. You yeah. know, which is sort of one of the themes the movie is playing on. Yeah, 100%. Um, why is Lydia Tara a woman? Well, because it's more interesting for her to be.
1: It's just more interesting.
0: At this point in 2022, it just is. Yeah,
1: it's a more interesting movie, and I think that that's fine. You're allowed. You're allowed to just do something that's more interesting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I
0: especially when you have Kate fucking Blanchett, one of the greatest actresses of our generation or any generation to do it. She's incredible.
1: She's incredible in this. The way that they've dressed her is incredible. Sorry oh to God. like Fan talk about cam but, it, but I mean, seriously, it's like I am just so envious at all times. Like, there's a, a scene of her uh threatening. Uh, like a nine-year-old girl we love in german we love that um she's just incredible she i I think that like kate kate blanchett she really went hard she went hard on this one yeah
0: it's one of her career-defining performances and deservedly so yeah we should say the movie could end with her weeping at the tape of i don't know if it's leonard bernstein but the other composer i thought
1: that that it was going to end then because
0: i think that would be a nice little uh neat little book and to this idea that she lost track of why she loved music in the first place and became more obsessed with the status of it but the but movie does not end there
1: and it's so much more effective that yeah. it doesn't have that kind of neat narratively satisfying exactly. thing going on because it's, yeah, I narratives aren't agree. satisfying yeah
0: because what does happen to her is that she becomes a conductor for like a comic-con like fucking
1: world of warcraft world
0: of warcraft
1: cosplay, live concert whatever. Yeah,
0: um, which is devoid of any of the trappings of yeah her dignified life before. Yeah. Um,
1: she's somewhere like in Southeast Asia.
0: She's one of the only people who would see it as a punishment because I'm sure there's plenty of composers who would be thrilled to get the gig.
1: I know, but I think like for or, her, well, con- I, I kind of conductors at least got this this sense, and maybe I'm like projecting towards the end, but it's like almost like for her, like an atonement. sure okay like now I have to and I'm still and she's still like she takes it seriously she takes it so seriously she She does all of her what can we do
0: with this music she does the whole routine yeah she doesn't half ass this shitty comic-con thing
1: yeah
0: Uh, because you know
1: Okay, oh, I actually have, I have a question for you that I felt I had a hard time kind of deciphering or making peace with this sequence in the movie, or giving it meaning. Because mm. as we've as we've alluded to, like, there's not really much of a plot in this. There's like there is there is some well, stuff.
0: I think maybe a, a better way to look at it is the screenplay gives you j- just enough information. Like there is a plot, but it's not like there's not a lot of exposition.
1: There's not a lot of exposition, but I also think that the the parts of the plot aren't really, it's very, I guess like it's very naturalistic in a way, because like yes. the parts of the plot are not connected to each other necessarily.
0: There, there, we, we, it's like scenes from a life. Yes. And the yeah, life yeah. progresses. Yeah, totally. The so, most exposition you get is at the very top when she's introduced in a long like NPR. That was a great scene. Let's move on to le menu. The menu. We're moving on to the menu, folks.
1: Which we did see together. We saw it together.
0: And we enjoyed it together. Yeah, we it's really liked it. fun film. It's a romp. Another satire. Wow, satire is the... This,
1: that's the this, only, that's the only should, way that yeah. they make movies for adults now. I know. We should maybe
0: rename this pod the satire <laughs> uh, fucking pod. Cause
1: yeah, yeah, cool.
0: That's three of the movies we saw.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But the menu is fun.
1: The menu is super fun. Uh, Ray Fi's is so fun. Um, I'm kind of, we've been talking about this recently. I'm kind of overexposed to Anya Taylor-Joy right now. I'm a little bit over her. I think
0: everyone is. uh, I I think she's miscast in this film. I'll just come right out and say it. I feel like she's
1: been miscast a lot.
0: Well, she's, her Q score is through the fucking roof right now. I think Uh anyone who can get her into something wants to right now. yeah um she's just a very bankable star i do think she's a huge talent uh i i think she's miscast in this role i think you know i don't want to put aubrey plaza and everything either but i think you know an aubrey plaza would have been better in this role Mm -hmm. i think you know like even an emma stone would be better in this role oh my gosh i'm cutting that out (laughs) um i think you know there's plenty of actresses I could think of who would be better in this role than Anya Taylor-Joy because I just, she doesn't really give sort of like grungy.
1: Zoe Kravitz.
0: Cool girl energy. Yeah. You know, um, someone like that even. Yeah. Uh, which is what she's supposed to be. Um, but it's an ensemble piece, really, yes. except for Ray Fiennes, who's the star.
1: Who is the, and, the star. And
0: absolutely crushing this yeah, role. Yeah, 100%. Uh, very funny, very effective, always making an interesting choice. Yeah. When, you know, you could really just do this one by the numbers and let the sort of, you know, ooh, he's an evil chef writing, do the work. Yeah, no, I but definitely... he doesn't. I he definitely finds thought it, to it, make it it took unique.
1: it took things... In some unexpected directions, which I mean, like, yeah, it was unexpected. So of course it was surprised, but where maybe like my, I I wasn't expecting that much out of this, um, especially when I'd seen the trailers, but it was like, oh, okay. it's better than the trailer folks. It's, It's definitely better than the trailer. I think that there are some things that it doesn't quite make use of or wrap up or introduce correctly. You know, one of those, one of those options, one of those three options, um, but I I really I had a fun time watching this. I think that and I'm going to go you're going to you're going to say that I'm being bad about this, but mm-hmm. like I would not recommend that you see any of those three movies in theaters because of Annoying people in the audience who want you to know that they got the joke and they thought it was funny and they understood. <sighs> Rachel isn't like communal rousy.
0: experiences of people laughing and enjoying the movie together. Uh, I,
1: I she just she's weird. No, it's oh like just gosh. like you, like, you know, chuckle, chuckle to yourself, but like don't make it a whole thing. Like, you I, know, I not everyone
0: know. is is so. uh Have
1: you ever heard me laugh in a movie?
0: Yeah, I've heard you laugh in a movie. We laughed at cats together.
1: Okay, not not laughed at and imagine whiff. if everyone in that
0: theater had held their clutch their pearls and didn't want to have an emotional display
1: okay but you know that you realize that that's different right no i don't that like that watching like cats is like a little bit different from watching why because it's
0: bad, bad. yes <laughs> no look i i get it we no one likes the person who's just like huh i got that laugh but I don't know that that was going on in the menu. It definitely I think was. That people were just you know. There responding was a
1: particular man sitting behind us that was. I just wanted to slit his throat. Oh um, my god, he was so fucking annoying. Um, it's a funny movie. It it is a, it's a funny movie. Evidently, it, yeah, it, it's it serious
0: where it needs to be and silly where it needs to be. It does. It's a movie that like does just enough with its sort of themes mm-hmm. about class and stuff. It's another movie about like. Are you you know how are you living? What are your values? In the same way that uh, Lydia Tarr's values are skewed towards ego and aesthetic, indeed, uh, the chef's values are skewed. Yeah, towards those things, and he is and repenting for them. Yes, uh, through murder and getting As his cult does. of evil uh, chefs to come along with him, which is a hilariously silly and stupid concept that makes everything else that happens in the movie permissible because if you're starting with, oh, this insane chef has a cult of kitchen assistants who Mm -hmm. are going to murder a group of people with him.
1: And then commit suicide. And then
0: commit suicide. You can pretty much do anything you want because that's silly.
1: Yeah. And and it's just fun. It is. Nicholas Holt's great. Nicholas Holt, I I really think the world of him. I think that he's very funny. Um, John
0: Leguizamo's great.
1: I mean, Every, everyone's really really good at All this.
0: the, you know what, what what's a another good uh indicator of a good movie is that when everyone down the line is good like all the actors yes. who don't have to be because their parts are relatively small you can kind of get whoever to play them mm-hmm. uh are all excellent yeah 100%. the his main assistant excellent mm-hmm. um So, yeah, go see this film, folks. Run, don't walk to see the menu.
1: Yes, yeah, the menu's great. I would highly recommend. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, aside from... uh, Of of the movies that we both saw, um, aside from Don't Worry Darling, it's been... Pretty good for adult movies. Unfortunately, this is like kind of all that's out there. Thankfully, it's been good, Mm -hmm. but there's just not a lot. However, there are things that we did see that the other hasn't seen. So um, let's get into it. Yeah. You want to you want to kick us off?
0: Uh, I'd like to start with my absolute number one with a bullet recommendation Mm. for this adult movie season. uh, And it's The Banshees of Anna Okay. Now, some of you may be familiar with the work of Martin McDonough as a playwright. Uh, he's written a lot of plays, but he's essentially retired from playwriting, even though his most recent play, Hangman, had a Broadway uh, run recently that was quite good. Cool. I uh, saw that production. i uh, been a fan of him for a while. Three Billboards uh, didn't really work uh, for... But you think that people I think people are hating. too harsh on it. That being <laughs> said, I don't think the movie works. Um, mostly because I just don't think that Martin McDonough like, needs to be writing Americans, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's sort of like lost in that world. But boy, when he's writing about Irish people who are lonely on an Island mm-hmm. off the coast of, uh, of Ireland, Ireland, it's fucking good. <laughs> it's, uh, it's truly, I think a return to form for him. He's mm. really like everything that makes McDonough good and has for his career is on full display here without any of the other things that sometimes get in his way. Um, it's a tender film. it's a sad film. It's beautifully acted by um, Colin Farrell the penguin and um,
1: Brendan Gleason
0: Brendan Gleason uh, it's it's just wonderful the the supporting performances are wonderful it, it's it looks beautiful it's staged beautifully uh. McDonough wrote and directed it. Um and it's a movie that I, I think, you know, what I liked about the films we've talked about prior to this on the podcast is really sort of asking, you know, like what's in our heart? Mm. What is like like strip away all the discourse and the politics and the, you know, all this. And it's just like, what are you doing with your life? Mm. And why? And do you know why? Mm. And can you change? You know, um, I'll I'll take you through the plot a little bit because it it relates to Tar um, and the menu in this sense. But Brendan Gleeson decides that he's no longer going to be friends with Colin Farrell, who he sort of thinks is a dull person Mm -hmm. after years of friendship because he wants to focus on his music that he is uh, composing. He's a violinist. And um, because he is getting older. And he feels like he's going to die and he needs to be spending his time more profitably, even though his friendship had been very enriching to him, or at least somewhat enriching to him. Colin Farrell doesn't understand why this is happening. Colin Farrell is really lonely now without Mm -hmm. his friend and keeps trying to reinvigorate their friendship. And so... Brendan Gleeson begins to go to some extreme lengths to avoid Colin Farrell. Now, you might be thinking, how can you structure a 2-hour movie around that? Yeah. Well, guess what? He fucking does. And it's heartbreaking and beautiful and probably to date my favorite movie of the year. Go see The Banshees of Inisherin. Great. You I do not think will be disappointed.
1: You, I do not think. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Okay. All right, so that's that's got your thumbs up, um, Mm -hmm. and it's been getting pretty good feedback as well. Yeah. What else is on your list?
0: Last film I want to talk about on my list is Knives Out.
1: Glass Onion. The Glass Onion. Yeah. Okay. um, This is going to be a
0: spoiler-free review from me.
1: Great, because I I haven't seen it, Mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, Is there a Glass Onion in the actual Movie, is it a physical object or is it just a conversation?
0: Uh, it is a topiary of sorts that is on uh, Edward Norton's island. Edward Norton plays... So in, it's
1: not even made of glass?
0: No, it is made of glass. Uh, Edward Norton plays an Elon Musk-esque figure who invites a group of his friends to a private island mm. in order to solve the mystery of his murder.
1: His own murder? And
0: Benoit Blanc also receives an uh, invitation to this game. Uh, but things are not all as they seem. Oh, my goodness. Um, and a murder does occur. But, wow. But who and for what reason? Whoa. Oh, my um,
1: goodness. Dave
0: Batista is here. Oh, love him. Uh, there's plenty of cameos from a lot of celebs you might uh, enjoy. I um, like
1: that.
0: Folks, I'll tell you, I enjoyed The First Knives Out. Mm-hmm. It was a massive hit. Yeah,
1: it's a good movie. I
0: love Daniel Craig when he gets to do things like this. It's clear he enjoys it immensely yeah um everyone's doing a good job you'd like edward norton to do a little more Mm. but uh whatever um whether you like or dislike this movie will have a lot to do with do you find the general uh comedic demeanor of movies being made right now funny
1: Mm.
0: are you on twitter uh huh. Do you know? Do you know what people are talking about? Are you interested in discourse? Uh huh. Um, you will like this if so. And then what that? If you find that funny, you'll find this movie funny.
1: Okay.
0: I think it's less funny than the first. Okay. And then two. How much exposition can you handle? Oh. How much? How much of people talking about plot points? Are you willing to sit through?
1: I would say for me, not, not a lot, personally.
0: Well, your mileage with this particular movie will vary based on those two factors.
1: Okay. That is not super glowing.
0: Dr. Movies gives Glass Onion a C,
1: a C a passing grade. A C. Wow. Mm-hmm. That feels very low.
0: It does, and I would probably have given the first one a B. plus.
1: Okay. Oh, that's You know, a, that's so I'm quite, not, I, I wasn't like, because some people
0: loved the first one. It's true. So I would say if you loved the first one, you'll like this movie.
1: I'm going to say something that's a hot take. I might not even really mean it, but I kind of mean it. I do think that people overhype knives out because they feel, uh, Somehow, like in- insecure, sensitive about the fact that they like the Last Jedi, which sucks, um, and they want to try to justify the movie more. And so they're like, "No, look, he can do something good. <laughs> you're you think that this is bad because you're crazy, not because he did something bad. Look, he does something good. <laughs>
0: Maybe that's true for a certain segment. Um, my Ryan Johnson take is essentially he needs another screenwriter." Uh Because I actually think that Ryan Johnson is a phenomenally talented director. Mm. And uh, his cinematographer that he works with and has since Brick, a movie that I don't feel is good because why are you making a noir set in high school if you're not going to use the high school setting? That's neither here nor there. (laughs) But, you know, he was a young man when he made it. Um, Mm. And it already showed promise in terms of its setups and its execution in terms of just like a technical film. I think he's an Mm -hmm. incredible technical filmmaker some of his his episodes of Breaking Bad are the best episodes of Breaking Bad.
1: So you said, yes.
0: Uh, and he didn't write them. Yeah. But he sure did shoot the fuck out of them. Uh-huh. And he can shoot the fuck out of a movie in sort of the same way Edgar Wright can. Um, you know, they're different in various ways. But I think that he fucking gets in his own way as a screenwriter. Mm. And I think he, he gets in his own way here. That being said, he's phenomenally successful.
1: Yes, uh, it's
0: So true. what do I know? But- um, that's just how I feel.
1: Apparently they're doing a third one.
0: I mean, they should, they're huge hits. That being said, the other thing I want to say about this movie is you're a fucking moron for not giving it a theatrical release. Netflix. You just, yeah. you just don't, you're so stupid. This model of being like, well, we'll have exclusive content on the streaming platform. We'll get more subscribers. what. Point me to a number that says that's true. You could have made $300 million on this movie. The theater was fucking packed to the gills the day after Thanksgiving when I saw yeah. this. I mean, it would
1: have been free money.
0: And instead, you're doing a week long theatrical release and then dumping it on your shit network.
1: I mean, I'll say I haven't seen it yet because I think verbatim I said to you, they're going to put it on Netflix soon. Yeah. And I felt bad saying it, but you know, to your point, they made their bed. They have to lie in it. They made that choice.
0: Your mom and girlfriend want to see this movie, whether you do or not. Mm -hmm. You're going to the theater. Yeah. But instead, no. Yeah. You're going to watch it, you know, on Christmas Eve with your family and forget about it.
1: Yeah, because it's just going to be on while people are cleaning or cooking or doing something.
0: You could have made $300 million against a $60 million budget at best.
1: I don't know. There's a a lot of people in there.
0: There are. There's a lot. Let me tell you. There's a lot of cameos. We're talking like season blurred. six of Will and Grace level cameos from uh, one. One of your faves. I won't. Uh, I won't.
1: No, spoil it. Who is it? Oh, you
0: want me to spoil it? Yeah. No, I want you to no, see it. No, I want to know. No, what I'm, it not is. Gonna, I'm not going to spoil it.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not going to spoil it.
0: All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, and a couple of mine. Moving on to Rachel's movies she wants to talk about. That yeah, I so
1: I, I also have basically two. Um, there's two more that I'll just give a shout out uh, to at the end. Um, but the first one is The Wonder, um, which is another Florence Pugh movie. It's also a Netflix movie. I don't think that it actually had any theatrical release. Um, it is... Surprisingly very good, and I, I wasn't really expecting that. Um,
0: well, The Lost Daughter was a Netflix movie, right?
1: Yes, it was. I've, al- I've seen another... Florence Pugh Netflix movie that was not good. Um, and this was kind of like kind of like a spooky movie, but it's more of a it's more of a of a drama or like a thriller than maybe a thriller, but more of a drama. Okay. Um, so it's not truly truly a spooky movie. Um, but I think that like the it's kind of the, the The biggest issue with it is that it's corny. Um mm. in that there, there's a whole framing device where when they open it onto the movie, it's it, it's on a soundstage and you're seeing like the sets and like the props and stuff like that. And like mm-hmm. then they have someone coming on, on a voiceover and they're like, To all of the characters in the story, this is real. So treat it as real yourselves because when stories make an. An impact to you than they're real, and so it has like a whole like the power of storytelling Ugh. framing to it, which is awful.
0: And like the, the like the weird thing about that is, I always roll my eyes at it, even though I like believe it. That, Do you know what no, I mean? That's
1: what makes me so mad. It's like, yeah, I know. Like I believe in the I power w- of stories. I'm watching the fucking movie, more than just about I it. Not? Like I
0: love. Like I've dedicated my life.
1: To the power to of stories. To the power
0: of stories. Like, I don't need you to fucking tell me how important they are, you piece of
1: shit. Piece of Get shit. Get out of my face. And it, she comes back in on the voiceover multiple times oh, to God. kind of end of the narration of like, ah, and you see, this is why stories matter. And then it ends with like, you know, the character who's been doing the the narration is also a character actually in the movie, does like a fourth wall breaking, like delivering stuff to the camera about mm. about the power of stories um and it's just like if you game, cut of thrones out, finale ass. game of thrones finale ass and it's just like yeah i i agree stories are important but like yeah. my god there, why?
0: Well, aren't there aren't there are some like theorists who believe that like they're literally foundational to like the way our brains work in the sense of like but you have stop to create being narratives fucking corny to, about like, it literally I don't even like shit and wipe your ass like there, <laughs> like you have a story. Yeah, we get it. Stories are important.
1: And, like, you know, doing the whole fourth wall breaking stuff and, like, showing the sets and, like, showing the sound, So that stage. didn't work
0: for you, but this, the atmospheric
1: No, I mean, like, the, the actual story itself the story is, it is quite good. good. So it's, you know, the, the basic premise is Florence Pugh, who actually has an English accent in this, and mm, she is... Which
0: you rarely get to hear.
1: I, which you rarely, rarely get to hear. Um, she is... Because
0: there's a crisis in American acting where yeah, we won't off. let fucking Americans be dramatic actors anymore. So all of our fucking American dramatic characters characters are played by Brits.
1: Fucked up. It is. Yeah, it's 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 Whatever. unjust. Do you want to keep talking about no, it? That's it. That's Get it I out. Okay. So, Florence is actually uh English in this. Uh and it's like around the time of, I don't know, maybe like the Irish potato famine or something when she's like she's gone over to Ireland to like witness this this girl she's a nurse um this girl who hasn't eaten for like four months and it's like all right like we have like you and a nun who's also a nurse on 24-hour watch to make sure that she's not eating or like see how she's still alive and what's going on so her trying to solve that medical mystery while also, it's like kind of about faith, and it's also kind of a feminist, and it's got like some like Me Too-ish stuff in it, um, mm. and the story itself is very good. And Faith, it's femininity. All of all, Florence. Florence. Um, and so it's actually, it's quite good. So if you can get past the corniness of the framing stuff, then the actual story is good. It looks pretty good. The music is good. Um, Netflix worth watching, for sure.
0: Very cool, folks.
1: The wonder, the wonder,
0: the no, wonder. You have to pay for it.
1: Uh, next up is After Sun. Um, so and that's Paul Mezcal who we love. We
0: love Paul Mezcal. Uh, there's a good Twitter follow for you all. Blair McClendon is a film theorist and film editor. Uh, on Twitter, follow him. He edited the film.
1: Um, yeah. So I have actually have no complaints about the editing. Thank God. Um. I know that this was a good movie, but it just did not work for me. Oh, And no. I was going in, assuming that I was going to like it, honestly. Um, I just don't, I felt like there wasn't enough connective tissue to kind of like give it actual meaning. I think that there's a lot that was like left up to interpretation Ooh. or like you would have to like infer, um, you know, what was kind of going on. But like in a way that it was like, it was like too much, where I felt that there was a lot of time wasting and a lot of atmosphere, like I guess like tension building to stuff that just like didn't didn't feel like it ever paid off on um, and the kind of in in my opinion, like vague, kind of like obscure ending. Didn't really do it any favors either. Like, I just kept waiting for there to be more something. And at no point in the movie could I even get a general sense of where I thought that we were in the runtime, just because. And this was like stories where we're just like because there's just there's just nothing happening mm-hmm. for the whole the whole time and I hate to be like there's, 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 there's. you hey, didn't
0: you're a, you're a you're worshiping at the altar of plot you, I was like, you ignorant I mean, there's American there's not
1: something in the movie but like there's plenty of movies that I like that don't have much in the way of plot but like have I think like are you
0: sure clearer
1: thematic things going on okay okay and I felt like this
0: themes of fatherhood
1: yes. I mean, in that like a character is a father, so like oh, okay. yeah, it's like I, I don't know, I don't know, and like, I, I guess like spoilers for this movie, kind of, but like I, I saw it with a friend and. We got out into the car, and I was like, "So, what did you make of the ending?" And I was like, "I'm like, what? I'm like, what did you like? What ha- what happened?" Because mm-hmm. I felt like I was totally missing something. She's like, "Oh, like it's very obvious to me that he killed himself." And I was like, "I feel like if it, if you're saying that it's so odd, like maybe I should have a sense that that's what happened. If Something as dramatic as killing oneself happened. I should not be wondering like, is that I, I? It never even entered my head that this character would not be well. Alive. I'll
0: tell you what. Your, your friend might be way off because my friend who saw it and liked it, although I think felt that it was a little hard to connect to in some places in the same way you did, um, did not it's take not away the that impression okay, okay, from okay, it. Okay, like, okay, so yeah. I, she was like, oh, it's like a simple movie. It's nice. You know, like if, if someone had you know was implied to have killed themselves in this movie she would have had a very different reaction to it yeah she would have been like she would not have called it like a nice wholesome film yeah you know okay
1: okay so she you know- came
0: away from it like heart warmed yeah not uh
1: i felt an incredible sense of dread for the entire runtime and i was just waiting for something fucked up to happen and nothing <laughs> ever did
0: and then maybe, me- maybe you went into it with the wrong impression of like i
1: don't know. that
0: happens sometimes like i remember do you remember did you see boyhood,
1: I seen boyhood. okay no, so no, no. there's
0: this long sequence in boyhood where the boys are like playing with this like rusty saw blade <laughs> And, like, for the entire time, you're just expecting like, oh my someone God. to get horribly injured yeah. with a saw blade. And then, like, it, it ends, and you realize, like, oh, like, that's it's not that kind of movie. It's, Do you know what it's I mean? Not but, that kind like, you yeah. like, just like, the and like, there's no ominous music. Yeah. There's nothing like that. But, like, you've been conditioned by other movies yes. to expect, like, something horrible to happen. Yeah especially if you've been watching movies like that recently, but it's just like,
1: which I always oh, like, I I
0: thought about it. Like there's no real reason that someone's hand should have been cut <laughs> off by a saw blade. I totally projected <laughs> that onto this scene. but like
1: It uh, was very it, distracting because I was expecting something to happen. I mean, I think uh, there's like, there's moments of tension where like, I feel like the, the, the story or whatever it is also bringing attention to the fact that like, she's like a young girl on like the cusp of, being a young woman and, like, her, like early kind of sexual stuff. And, like, mm. she and her dad are also, like, sharing the one room and, like, kind of sharing the bed. And, like, there's a scene where, like, she walks in and, like, he's, like, passed out naked on the bed at one point, but he's, like, he's face down. We don't see Paul Mescal hanged on, so don't get your no! hopes up. I know. You can but, see
0: that in normal people. <laughs> in
1: normal people. He's uh, well endowed. <laughs> but, like, there's just... A lot of tense, we're just like, oh no, like I feel like you're drawing attention to certain things that I should feel dread and upset about. Mm. And then well, like nothing. they probably
0: are to a certain extent.
1: Okay, but then how did your friend walk out of it saying, oh, it's so heartwarming? And because and, I was just like sick to my stomach for a lot of it, and then nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's like, yeah, like did I walk into it with the wrong expectation, Was I like, oh, I bet this is going to be twisted, and it wasn't. Well, you
0: know, I think with any movie that consists, you know, primarily of images and impressions, I'm going to say that all
1: movies consist primarily of images. But
0: I just mean, like, that is centering those things as opposed to plot means that you're going to project what you will onto Mm -hmm. it. So. Someone might go into it and think, oh, he killed himself. Someone might be like, I was heartwarmed by that movie. And the others, it may have given them a sense of dread. And you know what? Having not seen the movie, I'm going to say that's beautiful about After Sun, And I can't wait to view it.
1: Dr. News has not seen the movie. We will circle back to this when he indeed has. Um, that's kind of, that, that. that's all that I've got. Anything Great. else for you?
0: I think that was a wonderful movie wrap up hour
1: yeah of, of movies for adults that are made for adults and made for people who are thinking with their adult brains mm-hmm. um, not, not for little babies yeah. not for the, the love of IP um, for the love of cinema
0: for the love of cinema for cinema. the love of craft for the love of ideas for the love of feelings emotions
1: do you have any feeling on you know what we might tackle next
0: uh well we were gonna t- tackle um saving Private Ryan perhaps paired with the Cranzer yeah flying yeah home. yeah um, you you floated that we do need to watch Boys in the Hood and I think pair yep. it with another uh, socialist realist piece yeah uh, to compare those things um in terms we, of the new movies we, we did talk
1: actually not new but we did talk maybe about potting. It's a Wonderful Life.
0: Oh, Uh, yeah. That could be our Christmas film. Yeah,
1: our our holiday film. Yeah, yeah, but in terms, like, what even is new that, what's coming out that we need to see? Well, oh, Avatar
0: The Way of Water. Yeah, we'll probably be uh, talking about Avatar The Way of Water and the the original Avatar films. Because I do think that, you know... Despite the fact that we swore off franchises a little bit in our earlier episodes, yeah, I I think this is going to be a big test for sort of the idea of, can you make a franchise out of whole cloth, like everyone's sort of attempting to now. We shall see. Um, We shall see. We're going to find out. We're going to find out The Way of Water. Um, Try to see Decision to Leave. We'll try to see...
1: Yeah, I kind of want to see The Inspection. Have y'all seen the trailer for The Uh, Inspection? You know,
0: uh, that's a movie my mom really wants to see. It doesn't really do it for me as much. Yeah, I like
1: movies like that.
0: Uh, I'm excited. (laughs) I'm not excited for it, but, like, everyone thinks Babylon looks like shit.
1: Yeah, because it does. It looks so fucking I don't know. I think it
0: looks kind of fun. I like Damien Chazelle, I guess.
1: Yeah, we'll see if you have to eat those words. Yeah.
0: I don't want to see Armageddon. Time looks bad.
1: Yeah, you said.
0: Don't want to see the Fablemans. Looks kind of bad.
1: Uh, we do want to see Bones and all.
0: We want to see Bones and all. What's the Olivia Coleman movie where she's like entranced by the power of cinema, but also there's discrimination happening?
1: <laughs> I uh, Empire of Light.
0: Oh yeah, Empire of Light. Yeah, maybe I'll see that. I don't want to see that. Um, you I saw on your watch list that you want to see the 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 black gay marine movie. From a twenty four, which I think looks like shit. Wait,
1: th- sorry,
0: the what movie? The like the in- the inspection. Yo, that's the
1: inspection. Oh wait, what did I
0: what what did I think the inspection was?
1: I don't know what you thought it was. Oh, I
0: thought that was the Searsha Ronan movie. No, no. Okay, well, no.
1: I want to see the inspection. No, my mom does
0: not want to see the inspection. My, my mom that, that would melt Gabrielle my mom's Union brain. Gabrielle Union looks
1: great. Well,
0: no one's saying anything bad about Gabrielle Union, but that movie looks like poop am I coming out of my butt <laughs> like that looks like shit if you want to see a movie like that watch Bo trevi
1: no i actually that that's also on my list oh yeah that's a great um, movie so no i do want to see that <laughs> wow you're so mean uh um, it looks bad no, no it doesn't oh god no, it looks <laughs> it looks Boo. bad i'm sorry i'm just gonna look on my watch list to see if there's anything that's worth mentioning. Release date newest first. Let's go. I can't believe you're hating on the, ex- the inspection so It looks so bad.
0: Much. It looks shitty. You're wrong. Uh,
1: I really want to see The Whale and I think that you do as well. Oh
0: yeah, The Whale, The Whale, The Whale. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, I saw a trailer for this movie called Corsage. Uh, oh my
0: god.
1: Really good. It's got a 3.5 right now, Ooh. so I think that that should encourage you. Currently, the inspection has a 3.4, so you might need to, you know, issue an apology. Um No. I guess I got a few other things on here, but um I guess last note before we close out um is I've been corrected by a number of people uh that I have spread uh misinformation, fake news about Noah Centineo uh who <laughs> it, we referenced in our Black Adam pod as our favorite character. Adam Smasher. Issuing Um, a
0: correction. Issuing a correction.
1: Issuing a correction. uh, Wrong
0: white boy. Wrong white boy. So
1: Noah Centineo is, in fact, not from The Kissing Booth. Um, He is from All the Boys I've Loved Before. so right, white boy, wrong movie. And the person who's in The Kissing Booth is... Maybe I'm going to get corrected on this, but I'm pretty sure it's Jacob Elordi who's going to play Elvis Presley in the Priscilla Presley movie that they're making. Okay. Is
0: Jacob Elordi also in
1: he's not in Black Adam yes yes he is which I don't think either of us have actually seen Euphoria. Uh,
0: I watched the first episode of it my jaw was on the floor (laughs) it is (laughs) one of the wildest fucking things I've ever seen just in terms of just like someone showing their whole ass and I don't even just mean like in real life it's just like man that guy's brain is stupid (laughs) That being said, I almost respect it. I don't know. I might continue.
1: <laughs> TV this TV.
0: isn't TV talk. This oh, is, this uh, is movie- did I tell you? I watched two more episodes of Andor last night. And I was like, Fuck, Doctor Who's just trying is, to convince me to watch this, this got, It got even better. <sighs> it It's truly like, here's the thing, folks, about Andor. I'm not if I'm going to keep any, any of this in. But like, it's good. But wow. it's still TV. Do you know what I mean? And the people slobbering over its knob, it's just like, I'm sorry, but like, have you ever seen a good TV show before? This is like as good, if not a little worse You are refusing to watch
1: that. White Lotus season no, I'm not. two right I'll now. I'll watch it. So, I'm just taking my goddamn time. Well, why are you prioritizing Andor, which you think is fine, but still TV? White Lotus is beyond.
0: Uh, Because that's just the order to, I got it in.
1: <laughs> cool. Um, well, maybe we'll have to circle back with Andor talk, but... And or update. And or update. Till then, this has been Movie Podcast Evangelion.
0: That's right.
1: Goodbye. Bye.